What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast episode number 169, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and on today's episode, exclusives are dead, and so is Xbox. We'll talk all about the insane rumors coming out this week. Joining me for this special episode, my co-host, as you will, Jam Pack Sam. How are we doing, buddy? What's up? Welcome to Project Talk. We talk about stuff, and <laughs> could be Xbox, but it might not exist. I don't know project yeah project talk a podcast <laughs> uh, well we called in uh, a special guest uh you may see him if you were watching on youtube in all blue he's really bringing the mood here uh the other sam from our no limits a playstation podcast i don't know why we thought we needed a playstation voice on the show uh for this week in particular but sam how are you uh pretty good you know I, I chose the right team it's all paid off um you know i can gloat the indoctrination's begun it's 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 going well oh well, he's he's really he's laying into it already but uh yeah i want to say you invite the enemy on this show of all weeks in during a time no. of war <laughs> during a time of grieving so you, you want to know what it was he he, he messages me and he's like, we'll have some reasonable discussions. And this is how he starts the show. Yeah, you know? I'll, I'll cool off. I'll cool yeah. off. I you just wait. I'm going to pop in when you guys are recording on Sunday. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just That's start right. yelling some pro Xbox talk. But uh, before we get to all the craziness, guys, this is Project X Talk. For now, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we're live every thursday right here on youtube if you can't catch us live we post every friday morning on your favorite audio platform of choice while you're over there make sure to drop us that five star review whether that's apple spotify it helps us in the algorithm helps us get discovered if you want to support us and get early access to save the game media content and bonus post shows exclusive content over there like the host versus host uh, i know we did our fancy critic we got other stuff coming up the return of I Hate My Friends is on the docket. So head over to patreon.com slash save the game media. Choose the tier that's right for you, like our current Patreon supporters. So thank you to Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Lindsay, Nikolai at night, Cypher Primus, Brendan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, Mimi J, David Hotright, Dave Harp, the Xbox Expansion Pass, Alpaca Tom, Lee Navarro, and the good sir. Thank you all for your support. We appreciate each and every one of you. We got the housekeeping out of the way. So let's keep it rolling. We were off last week, so I don't know what's been going on. Jam Pack Sam, what have you been playing, my friend? I have been playing a lot of Remnant. I know that we had talked about uh, you playing Remnant 2, I believe, exclusively. I like how you move the watch play and what you're playing. That's great. Um, yeah, you got to get him out of the way. Uh, mm -hmm. But I have been playing a lot of Remnant. So these two games got added to Game Pass. I played Remnant from the Ashes. I am now on Remnant 2. Um, so far, Remnant from the Ashes seems to be better, in my opinion. I um, Really? Yeah, I really like it a whole lot better. I think Remnant 2 is a little bit bigger a little bit less focused and so i feel like the original remnant for some people they might like it less but i liked the, the almost linear nature of it of like just grind through shoot stuff have a good time uh if you ask me what was going on in the plot gotta fight the root the root's bad shoot the root um so so that's been what i've been playing for the most part and then also a little bit of halo infinite in ultra wide and i put that in the uh in the dock but i got a new monitor I got I one of the, the 49 inch ultra wide Samsung monitors. And so I've been playing a little bit of ultra wide stuff on that. So that's been fun. Yeah, I know uh, Sean Capri over there at the Xbox drive. I've seen his monitor. It's so beautiful. And I've seen um, Lee Navarro, uh, one of our, our patrons in the 
Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. He brings one to Extra Life every year just so he can play on it. It looks so nice. He has like a little command center, man. It's so dope. Um, the first remnant is it a roguelite? Like because the second one has kind of like different elements to that. My like, understanding that. is that it is. Oh, um, okay. I, I know that there are randomized elements to it, like you know, as mm -hmm. they always throw them in. Uh, honestly, I didn't do a ton of research on it before diving in, and it was just one of those games. I think coming off of Outriders a couple of months ago, it's been nice to kind of get back to a game that has that similar kind of vibe where. You don't really have to think about what's happening. You're just shooting stuff. The little damage numbers pop. It just feels good. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But yeah, lots of different elements to it. A little bit of roguelike thrown in there. I think Remnant 2 has more roguelike than the original, like way more. Oh. Um, and so I'm uh, hoping to wrap that up this weekend, but I'm about probably three or four hours into two. Oh, yeah. it's. It, I think I rolled credits in like 14, 15 yeah. hours. So it's not a super long game. It's, it's fun, especially uh, if you jump into some co-op. But the other Sam over on the PlayStation side, what have you been gracing your television with? Um, <clears throat> I've been playing a whole lot of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Oh. Um, Can I ask why? <laughs> IGN. Um, oh. not, not actively by choice. Although I have said on No Limits, I, I mean... This is coming from a person who put hundreds of hours into Marvel's Avengers, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, I'm having a good time. Like It's by no means a great game. It's not what I want from Rocksteady at all. I think the live service elements are pretty shallow as of right now. Um, gets repetitive very fast, but I'm still, I'm still having a good time. Um, I'm getting close to wrapping up coverage on it, so I'll probably put it down for a few months and then wait till the new content builds up um, and then probably dive back in once a few new playable characters are added. Mm -hmm. um, and there's other stuff, but I cannot talk about it. Um, I have actually, though, played the um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth demo. Ooh, oh, tell yeah. me about it. I it's shaping up to be real good um if i mean like I, 87 you think for like yeah i think that's where it caps out <laughs> surely right right you hope so um no it's looking to be very good um i famously didn't gel that well with final fantasy 7 remake but i think that at least i don't know i think the the story or, or the setup to the story and the demo grabbed me in a way that none of remake ever did so that's a good sign i think um time will tell but i think the the, the general consensus from people out of the demo is that it's you know real hot yeah that's what I've, I've seen some screenshots people talking about it i'm kind of media blackout on rebirth mm -hmm. at them i've seen it i was i pre-ordered this game months ago i don't need to see anymore like you got my money already i'm just gonna go in blind i know if you play the demo you can skip a certain portion of mm -hmm. the main story but i'm like I, i'll just do it in the main story like instead of skipping it it's fine i, I really yeah. don't care all that much yeah um awesome awesome well as for me, and I know everyone wants us to get to the, the main topic here, but we got we to gotta get through some stuff first. So I'll start with what I've played the least, and that is Persona 3 Reloaded. Mm -hmm. um, I have put two and a half hours into this game. I've been playing on my lunch break on my ROG Ally, and 
I like it so far. It's certainly way more enjoyable than when I tried to play Persona 3 Portable um, and dropped it after two hours because I was like, mm -hmm. this is this has not aged well at all. Um, so, so far, I haven't really done all that much. A lot of dialogue boxes. I've spent the last, I'd say, hour in Tartarus, which is not the best dungeon it's still pretty bad uh all the floors look the same and you're kind of just running through it opening chest and then going up the stairs to the next one occasionally you'll have like a little mini boss to fight um i'm on floor 18 and this is my first time going in there so i'm like when are they gonna kick me out and i've been told it's like in the 20s so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep pushing through um because i haven't even used items yet like i've been having a very easy time with uh mm. with it so far other than that grand blue fantasy relink i've been i've been playing on my playstation there getting used to the controller um no so i have put about 15 hours into this game um this came out last thursday i got early access so, so it's about, about two weeks i've been playing this game almost um I like it. I think the action, it's an action JRPG, but the action is really good. There's like 17 different playable characters or something. It's a ridiculous amount. And um, the story is pretty forgettable, I'm going to be honest with you. They don't do a good job of introducing you to the world of Grand Blue, especially because in my mind, it's like, it's a JRPG. You'll start as like one character and like build up your party. Nah, nah, nah. They're like, here's 10 characters to start with. <laughs> And you can learn about them by going and having this little like it's called a like a it's a little story you click, but it basically is a text dialogue with them doing voiceover for it. And they just it, it just reads it. And yeah, there's terms in here like astral. They're like, he's an astral. I'm like, I don't know what that means. You haven't explained to me why I should care what this means. But yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Don't go in for the story. And then once you beat the main story, which technically i i beat the main story but the, the true ending i have to do the final mission on i just unlocked that that requires you to do like a lot of the uh, get into the end game which is like monster hunter quests you basically just go to a quest board and then the difficulty starts ramping up you get like hard very hard extreme and then i think there's two above that so it's like you're fighting level 90 100 enemies that like do crazy amount of damage and that's where you start getting to your min maxing stuff if you're really into that um i'm having my brother carry me through it all because he's into that and i'm not so i'm like just log on so i can get to the end let's let's get this going um but fun game fun game for sure um and finally like a dragon infinite wealth mm. i have beat it i nice. beat the, i beat the whole thing uh it took me 42 hours to beat infinite wealth i did 42 out of the 51 side quest missions i got to rank two on my animal crossing island because uh spoiler alert if you don't like animal crossing this will hold your attention for a little bit longer but it's still at the end of the day kind of animal crossing so i bounced off that pretty quickly um i got one badge in sujimon which is pokemon it's literally pokemon except you battle with humans um and i'm not even kidding you 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 capture humans and send them into 3v3 battles um and yeah i i collected everything like i did so much stuff in this game uh so no one can tell me i mainline this one because i see people like oh it took me 70 hours and i'm like i don't know what you're doing but like i know i beat games a lot faster than most people um but 
phenomenal game. I don't think I like it as much as the last one. I will say that. I think mm -hmm. the story resonated with me more in the last one. I think uh, Honolulu isn't the best. Like Hawaii didn't really do much for me, location-wise. Um, so I, I, Infinite Wealth's great. Loved it, but I still prefer Yakuza Like a Dragon, despite the combat and the characters obviously being better in this one. Awesome. Yeah, glad you enjoyed it. I uh, will say, talk about Final Fantasy, talk about Grand Blue, talk about Like a Dragon. <laughs> Never going to play any of those games, so hold it down. I'll be shooting things like a real man over here. <laughs> but Sam, no, but how, for real, glad you enjoyed it. How are you going to shoot things when we all got to use those dual sense, the two joysticks next to each other? I, it's, like it's, In the it's Discord, cool. I'm buying the Wolverine controller. I, I, gotta say, go I linked it. Thing. I linked it in our Discord. Yeah. I was like, I know it's expensive, but if Push comes to shove. Here we go, guys. I mean, you know, it'll work out because then I'll be better than everybody on PlayStation with these little baby mm. thumbsticks. So it's fine. It'll be crazy. Like, what are they going to do with a real shooter? Like, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Mm. What are they going to do when a real RPG like Starfield comes to PlayStation? <laughs> Can't wait. Please send the hate mail to my PO box. <laughs> <laughs> He's at Jam Pack Sam everywhere, I believe. Um, so yeah. All right, guys. Let's not get into the main topic. Let's get through this little tiny nugget before we jump into it. Uh, because I got to tell you, we got a Game Pass update, but it seems pretty small potatoes compared to what we're going to be talking about. So let's knock that out of the way first. So available right now, you got uh, a new chart for Cloud Console PC. Probably didn't say that right. Train Sim World 4 for Cloud Console PC. Madden NFL 24 for Console PC. February 13th, you get Resident Evil 3 Remake for Cloud Console PC. February 14th, to celebrate Valentine's Day, you get Bloodstained Ritual of the Night for Cloud mm. Console PC. February 15th, you get A Little to the Left for Cloud Console PC. And Play Up for Cloud Console PC. February 20th, Return to Grace for Cloud Console PC. I'm going to put it out there right now. You guys may have different opinions. I don't care about anything on this list. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like... Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, cool to see on the list. Also, Resident Evil 3 Remake, fantastic. Not as good as 2 Remake, in my opinion, but still really, really good. So good to see them following up. Capitalizing on Madden 24 for the Super Bowl, I get it. So it's not a list, like you said, that's for me, because I played RE3 and like not really into Bloodstained right now, but that'll mm -hmm. be on my list to, to go to later on in the spring. So not bad, not great. Totally overshadowed by like all of the other Xbox news this week. So oh, yeah. shout out to the dude that worked on this post. Sorry for your yeah. loss because this <laughs> one was just gone. You know what's funny is he, the post wasn't even right because the post said Tales of Arise, but then they proceeded not to list when Tales of Arise was coming to Game Pass. Ooh. And then they deleted the whole post. So I'm like, someone messed up. Yeah, it's been a rough week for the Xbox social <laughs> team. Pour one out for them because I just can't imagine having to deal with that. But yeah. Uh, Sam, any, uh, I know you're, you got PS plus extra, but what about game mm -hmm. pass? Um, just seems a bit obsolete now, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I, I agree. I think bloodstained is the, the one thing that sticks out to me. Um, I've already played through RE3 agree that it's not as good as two, but it's still, if anybody hasn't played it totally worthwhile. Um, I'm not a sports game dude. So Madden doesn't do anything, but again, the Super Bowl correlation makes sense. A little to the left, I've heard good things about, honestly, mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a smaller game, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, outside of that, 
I'm almost certain a little to the left is a game where you like open drawers and move things mm -hmm. a little to the left. Indeed. Like you're Very just organizing. Yeah, you're yeah. just organizing cabinets. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure there's a, someone out there that that's for. But I mean, guys, I loved unpacking. So, you know, exactly. To be fair, I also liked unpacking quite. It was very, put a podcast on and just sit yeah. there, put everything in my new home. Yeah, for sure. Guys, is it time to get into the uh, ooh, TPR? Has Sam thrown has th Sam thrown his Xbox out his window yet? No, not yet. My, my Series S is still sitting over there, very comfortable. Currently. So can it also uh, like a little left? Yeah, it's uh, going to be a nice doorstop soon. <clears throat> oh my god! Admittedly, <laughs> I also have a Series S, and I haven't used it in months. I just used the X. So I mine's see the box more... in the background there. Sam. Yeah, that's been sitting there for like two years. The actual Xbox is on the TV behind me, but that thing never gets turned on. It's just mm -hmm. the X in the living room. But um, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, guys. Well, our really our only main story uh, to discuss is, as I said, X. Exclusives are dead, and so is Xbox RIP. So for a few weeks now, we've heard rumors of Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush being ported to PlayStation 5 and Switch. However, on Sunday, a new wrinkle was added to the equation that has set the internet ablaze. Xbox Era published an article that Xbox is, isn't stopping at those two games and is set to bring Starfield to PlayStation 5 following the Shattered Space expansion's release. According to their sources, Microsoft executives have shifted strategy completely in order to see a quicker return on investment, and exclusives could be a thing of the past. Following up on this, The Verge added that they have heard Xbox is weighing the idea of launching the upcoming Indiana Jones game on PlayStation 5 as well, with others in the space like Jeff Grubb, Special Nick, and more saying they've heard things like Hellblade 2, Gears of War, and even Halo could be going multi-platform. I know... I'm going to stop there for now. We have a little bit more that I I'm going to read when we get into the time. But I want initial reactions, impressions. How are you feeling about the po the potential news of no more exclusives on Xbox? These games making their way to other consoles. I'm going to go jam pack Sam first. So initial reactions. We've all, for me, we've been conditioned to think about things in the console war space, exclusive versus exclusive, comparing these two boxes, tribalism. Like that's how we've all come up. Like as somebody who's 27 years old, that's what I talked about when I was in sixth grade at the lunchroom table is like, which box is better? Like that's what we did. So initial reaction of all of your good ammo is now going over to the enemy box. You're like, Oh God, this is, this is the end. Like they're actually mm -hmm. giving up. But, then like days removed from that initial reaction, you start to think, is it really that big of a deal if Microsoft is thinking bigger than just trying to beat the other box? If you are just trying to bring good games to another platform or bring good games to players, regardless of where they play, it's not a bad idea. It just depends on how they play the game. So that's my initial reaction. I can go deeper, but I know we've got a lot of uh, conversations to have. So that's yeah. my initial thought. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sam over there. No limits, Sam, I should say. What mm -hmm. you're obviously more you you have everything, but you more mm -hmm. lean PlayStation, as we've as we've alluded to on this show. What was your initial reaction? Because I know you and I had some back and forth in the in the Discord privately. Um it's real interesting. Um I think <clears throat> as with pretty much everybody. I reacted initially with 
shock, um, particularly with just how quickly all of these articles and stories and uh, sources were coming out of the woodwork seemingly. And it was just seemingly getting worse and worse and bigger and bigger things were being said. Um, so shock, but I, if I'm being completely honest, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, I, I think the, the writing on the wall has been there for some time in some capacity. I just wasn't necessarily expecting the deluge that it looks like it could potentially be. Um, I was expecting far more of a, a trickle of things and a maybe mm. slight shift of strategy rather than a seeming potential full 180, which is what it looks like it might be. Um, so, yeah, that's surface level. Plenty of other things to say, as with the other Sam. Um, but, yeah, just not the kind of news I was expecting to be talking about going into this week, for sure. Yeah, it, it certainly took me by surprise. I was uh, playing Infinite Wealth, wrap that up on, on Sunday, and then I get on Twitter and see everyone freaking out, and I'm like, what's going on? So I started digging a little deeper. And I think the story really evolved um, Monday. We got even more details as, as I was speaking to like The Verge and everyone else started talking about like, oh, I'm hearing Halo now. And, mm -hmm. and no one really has any concrete details. It's always like my source is telling me this, but it's either they're weighing up the option, which means they haven't decided yet, or it's this game's going to come, but no other details. Like are, are games going to be timed exclusive is it going to be day and date on other platforms is are there's going to be no exclusivity at all like what is going on and so i think my overall reaction uh sunday monday and a little little into tuesday was pretty bummed feeling i i felt down i kind of felt like i've invested so much time and money into xbox and in my mind, and I don't know if you you guys can feel free to give me your thoughts on this, but and, and this is where we can start going a little deeper probably. But in my mind, if worst case scenario, and I have no idea if this is what's going to happen. Worst case scenario, they say no more exclusives at all. Everything will be day and date on the other platforms, whether that's PlayStation 5 or, or Switch um, or Switch 2 or whatever we're going to call it because I don't think some of these games can even run on the current Switch. So that's clearly a, a future problem. But if there are no more exclusives at all, the only thing that brings people to the Xbox console is Game Pass. To me, I do not think that is enough to continue with xbox hardware i don't see microsoft feeling like they're going to keep making hardware like why would people buy an xbox if there's nothing they couldn't get anywhere else like if they could get a playstation and buy the game over there is game pass a big enough draw is the immediate first thing went into my head like if game pass isn't enough for people to buy consoles then they're not going to make any more consoles and then all my games are going to go away. That is my biggest concern, like worst case scenario. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that was my like worry for Monday for a lot of it. I was very like, this is an awful idea, Xbox. Like no exclusives at all would kill Xbox in my opinion. And I don't know if I'm off base. So, Sam, you're looking at me. Um, am, I, am I completely crazy here? I mean... I don't think that it's crazy to feel that way. I think that 
the way that I see it is that if the games come day and date, that is more worrisome than a timed exclusive. I think that the idea of exclusivity going away doesn't concern me, but I agree that there has to be a reason to have an Xbox. And for me, mm -hmm. I think in my personal gaming life, mm -hmm. having Game Pass is enough to warrant me buying and playing on Xbox because a lot of what PlayStation is bringing now, like Helldivers, multi-platform in, in PC world. So I can just play that wherever I want. But I don't feel compelled to go out and buy a PlayStation right now, even after God of War Ragnarok Horizon, because I have so many things that I have playing on, on Xbox. And so with Game Pass, it just bundles so many big games, especially now with ABK coming into the fold, into one subscription that I save money by playing on Xbox because the games that I would buy on PlayStation anyway are already largely going to be included in the subscription that I'm already paying for. So mm -hmm. I think that for somebody like me, Xbox will make sense. But for the people that just play a handful of games or just like PlayStation games and then play a few third-party games, Call of Duty, still going to be on PlayStation. Now going forward, big Xbox games potentially on PlayStation. So if you don't care about that value, then yeah, I think it makes sense for PlayStation to be the dominant console. We're also talking about Microsoft, a company that will absolutely eat the cost on hardware just to have something in the space. I mean, they've kept so many products around past their life cycle where they probably realistically should have gone away. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they had like Windows Phone for years. Now we have the Surface Duo. They still have for years. The Surface laptops that no one seems to really want compared to other competitors, they just are there. So... If they're willing to invest in that, I think that they're willing to experiment and see what a future of multi-platform Xbox games can look like while still supporting that hardware. The question for me is how long mm -hmm. will they continue supporting the hardware? That I think that is a big concern of mine is and i know you were you were joking i think in the xcp discord but you were like you want phil spencer to look you in the eyes and tell you that <laughs> xbox consoles aren't going anywhere and i kind of I get what you're saying. I, I want that reassurance too, yeah. because if if there is a future where Xbox, whether it's the end of this gen or after next gen, and they say we're not making any more consoles, they need to have a plan outlined what's going to happen to all your digital games. Are you going to get the Windows versions of those games? Which is, I know, if if they were then like, we're going to give you our window PC. For, like, it's not the best. It would make me feel better better because i could then invest in in the pc ecosystem i could still have my xbox profile through the xbox app on here like we could still all have all that but i i and i i, I want to say like if there is another console like i'm going to keep getting them i'm not going to stop getting them like i want game pass i want that controller i want that experience my whole concern was worrying no more exclusives do other people feel enough that game pass is enough of a driver for them to buy a console instead of just going to playstation and maybe i'll bring sam in now to get his thoughts on that um <clears throat> it's a very layered conversation um you know that there is no necessary one specific reason um or action or decision that's caused potentially this shift um, I do think, and I, I, I'll be as blunt as possible, um, I think if this is to be true, which it looks like it 
it's going to be um, to some extent. I think it's it is proof that Game Pass just hasn't worked um, to the extent that Microsoft really needed it to. Um, you know, I think that Game Pass is <clears throat> a very big gamble that they took at the time, and it makes sense um, given how poor Xbox's position was at the time. It was a, a very smart ploy, I think. Um, and it's it's doing well, you know, as far as I know, it's it's profitable, but clearly not profitable enough. Um, I think, here's what I think, here's what I'm expecting to happen. I would say that, and this is a, a personal opinion, and feel free to question me if you think I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I would say that whether it's announced next week or not, I'm not sure, but I think that going forward, anything out of ABK is multi-platform day and date. I would also, I, I, I have changed this since we spoke in the Discord, uh, Kevin, because I said that Bethesda maybe be timed exclusive. I actually think it serves Microsoft better to make Bethesda games day and date as well. Um, but I do think that first-party studios that are actually Xbox game studios outside of publishers, Bethesda ABK, I think that those can remain first-party exclusive. So by that crux, you still have the core Xbox franchises that are available on Game Pass, of course, and exclusive to the console. You still get Bethesda and ABK games in Game Pass, but, and the reason I say Bethesda, because I shifted my opinion on it, is not saying that this is going to happen, but if, God forbid, there were to be another Redfall situation, if it's not day and date on other platforms where you're trying to maximize profit and exposure to the IP, that's presumably why they're doing this. If that's not day and date, and a game flops, there is absolutely no reason to port it at that point because the sentiment around that game will have soured and therefore the sales won't happen. Mm. And by proxy, that game will then get stuck on Xbox. And if that happens a couple of times, like Redfall, then there's going to be further brand damage to Xbox as that's where the bad games get stuck, you know? Um, And PS5 and and Nintendo Switch 2 get all the good ports. So I think that if they're, if they're going as risk-averse as possible, which seems to be the reason they're making these decisions, I think day and date for the publishers that they've brought under their wing make sense. And I still think I think that Game Pass is enough of a lure in that decision um, because, put, put it this way, I'm not going to buy starfield when it comes over because i just i didn't vibe with the game um that's personal of course but i will absolutely pick up hi-fi rush i would buy pentiment if it came over i would buy indiana jones for sure i wouldn't necessarily be swayed to buy into game pass because again i'm just i'm ingrained in playstation i already have the series s so if i want to mm-hmm. play something with game pass i can but the platinum trophies they speak to me kevin as you know um but i think that for more casual consumers if they're having to make 70 dollar purchases for the playstation games without any other option of course because it's not day and date on playstation plus or anything mm-hmm. 
and then now $70 purchases or maybe slightly variable, but still full price purchases for Xbox games on PlayStation. You're going to get the Xbox splash screen when you're booting up any of those games. And if Xbox is smart, they can market it that, yes, these games are available elsewhere and you can pay full price for them. But still, if you want, you don't need the console. You don't need a Series X or Series S. Eventually, you know, you can stream through cloud. They're probably going to work towards a dongle or something like that. There's a potential handheld SKU uh, SKU kind of thing. We're going to get to the point where you really don't need the console for it. And I think that the $15 a month or whatever that is going to be subsidized by this additional income from full price purchases on other platforms that's going to sustain Game Pass as it exists for existing Xbox customers. I think that realistically, outside of the tribalism, as, as Sam was saying earlier, there's really, I don't think, too much of a problem for Xbox fans that are on the platform. Hmm. I, I get the sentiment that this can help sustain Game Pass more and mm -hmm. that this money will be funneled to the Xbox consumer. Um, and what you're saying, I think, well, let me let me bring in Phil Spencer here because he tweeted the following in response. He says, quote, <laughs> yeah. he's on the call. Yeah, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, Phil, live exclusive, guys. He's not waiting until next week. Uh, OK, uh, Phil said, quote, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. In response to that, Terabo in the Discord wrote in, what do you guys think about Xbox taking their time to speak to fans? Um, Jam Pack Sam, I'll throw this over to you in a second. But I have heard from other people that this event was actually planned for perhaps the spring and that these leaks are coming from people within Xbox that aren't particularly happy with the direction that that this is going um i've seen some people speculate that this is sort of a um power struggle between microsoft executives like amy hood and tim stewart and satya and then phil and sarah and this is all speculation um but sam what do you think we're getting a a, a business update next week um i, I don't think it's going to be like the developer direct uh, i just got to feel it it's not going to have that kind of vibe but uh, we don't know when it is next week, hopefully early, because I think people are losing it. But what do you think about Phil tweeting this? What do you expect from the business event? And uh, is it okay for them to take their time after seeing the reaction on social media? I mean, I think the reaction on social media is what forced Phil's hand to tweet this. We all know that. That's not a shock to anybody. But I think that had he not tweeted it, we still would be in this, not that we aren't already, but we would still be in an even worse, complete turmoil in wondering what's happening. And the fact that Xbox still hasn't been able to move that timeline up a little bit more, like I would love a, hey, give us till Friday. And in five days, you know, we're excited to share whatever. But I do think that it's obviously an important turning point for Xbox, no matter how you cut it. And it's either going to be a small turning point or it's going to be a 180, like Sam was saying earlier, where it is, you know, maybe next week they come out and they say, hey, year timed exclusivity for all Xbox games. After that, they're coming wherever we want them to go. And in the meantime, you can play them on Xbox or on Xbox Game Pass. Small pivot in the grand scheme of things. Not that big of a deal. In fact, probably 
in my opinion, what will end up happening. I do think there's going to be a timed exclusivity that element. Might be best case scenario. Yeah, and, we, and we can talk about that more. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. About the, the potential for that, but that's a small pivot. Or it could be like Sam said, we're putting everything out everywhere, and you can play it wherever you want or through Game Pass, and that's a little bit more of an iffy risk. And so, I think that when it comes out next week, I hope they're taking this week too make it something that's well-produced, put it on that Microsoft stage that used to be the mixer studio that they turned into multi-purpose stuff and like, you know, make it a true presentation, not to the E3 level, but something in that vein of like, this is an official thing that we want you all to pay attention to and mm-hmm. treat with the respect and the attention that it deserves. So, uh, and then in terms of Phil Spencer listening and hearing, that man's got the best ears in the industry because he's always listening. He's always oh, hearing. He hears it. So, um, you know, I, I think that um, I think that it's good they're taking their time. And for all of the people that are focusing on honing in on the way they're going to message this, I wish you the best of luck, because yeah. no matter how you cut it, you are going to make somebody mad. Mm-hmm. Not going to be me, but you're going to make somebody mad. So I feel for you. Uh, do you guys think this is going to be like an actual like a live stream event with them talking? Or you think this is like blog post update? I feel blog post might be too impersonal. I think it, I don't know about live stream, but I think that a recorded video of some kind probably is the best way to go about it. It seems a bit too impersonal to break that kind of bad news, depending on how bad a news it is. If it's just, you know, co-signed the Xbox team. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I I didn't even think about that. So if it's, if it's actually, well, here's the thing. I don't know whether you saw, but, Tom Warren um, from The Verge, he, I, I can't remember what forum he was on, but he, reset era. Everyone's always uh, on probably, reset era. he said that he is hearing that as of like, well, it would have been probably 24 hours ago, a lot of people at Xbox don't know what Microsoft is planning for next week. So I'm, I don't know whether I'm extrapolating from just his phrasing, but that makes it sound more like it's actually a Microsoft event. Uh, is is it going to be Phil? So I was I, mean? I was under the impression it was going to be Microsoft, but I I, I figured Phil. In my mind, Phil has to be the one. Oh, for, he he is the face mm, of mm. of Xbox, whether they like it or not. He has to be the one to break the news after years of of hyping up the console and like telling everyone the games are coming. Like we have this grand vision. If that grand vision is now changed, because even three years ago at the Bethesda roundtable, he looked at the camera and told everyone this deal is about getting Xbox gamers exclusives where Game Pass exists. If that's no longer the case, I feel like he needs to be the one to do it. And it doesn't have to be his decision. Satya and Tim Stewart could be sitting there being like, we need a, uh, a return on investment a lot quicker because this ABK deal, like we've done the numbers, it's not math in the way we need it to math. We've had two years in court now, like we need to get our money back. So I'm thinking video was my first thought, some sort of video presentation, but it can't be wishy-washy vague language it has to be some sort of concrete and this is where i get worried i don't know if you guys feel this way i get very worried that they're going to come out and not give the specifics they're not going to say abk games day and date bethesda games 
year exclusivity or day and date xbox first party studio exclusive or those will come out at a later date or we're only bringing our back catalog like the the master chief collections going but if you want to play halo whatever's after infinite then you need an xbox like i feel like that specificity is required but then again, I don't know because there's so many permutations. Like even if they uh, think of everything, someone's going to be like, well, what about this? You forgot to address this. So that's why I'm like, they need to they need to do it, but it's going to be difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think if Phil Spencer, let's back up. Hold on yes. to address this. If number one, I never even considered the idea that it would be a blog post. And if that tells you anything about how I'm reacting to that, if they come out with a blog post next week for the general <laughs> gaming population, there are going to be riots in the street. Um, but that point aside, assuming that it's going to be some kind of video update, mm. if the Xbox splash screen starts up and like Satya or Tim Stewart walk out on the stage, dude, that's, that is not good. Like that is not a good look at all because then that means phil doesn't have buy-in and when phil doesn't buy into mm. something that's when i get concerned because i trust in phil spencer's decisioning even if it is something he co-signs with other people i still trust him to be the rep for the xbox community so that would be a big concern to me but in terms of the direct messaging there has got to be a cohesive straightforward strategy for Bethesda, for Xbox, for ABK, because they're all Xbox. Mm -hmm. You can't treat things differently. Now I say that mm. Call of Duty is a very different beast than something like Hi-Fi Rush. Redfall is different than Starfield. Starfield is different than Elder Scrolls Six. Like these are all different types of games. And Phil has said they'll all be handled on a case-by-case -case basis. Now he was speaking in the context of Bethesda at that point, but, or excuse me, ABK at that point, but um, I think that we are at a point right now where there has got to be some cohesive strategy of you can expect these games to come to Xbox here and PlayStation here if we're doing this multi-platform thing. Anything beyond that, like your example of Halo, Master Chief Collection comes to PlayStation today. Go play it now. Halo Infinite, still on Xbox. The future of Halo, also on Xbox. That's a shitty strategy because I don't know where I can play anything at that point. Mm -hmm. So like they've got to hone in on that type of thing to keep people in line, because otherwise, even for like the people that aren't watching this podcast or in these conversations, how is Joe Schmo going to know, man, I love Master Chief Collection on PlayStation. Where can I play the new one? Oh, it's only on Xbox. That sucks. Is it coming to PlayStation? You ask me. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? So like there's no straightforward way in that kind of when in it becomes a legacy world. title. Oh God. Yeah. Like that. Uh, it, to my point, you got to have some kind of straightforward, like this is what's happening. Everybody gets it, whether they like it or not, you know, what's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get that. And I, I'm, I don't think Microsoft's or Xbox's marketing and communication is the best and we criticize nintendo and playstation because they don't talk to us but sometimes we criticize xbox because they say things but what do they mean by what they say that has been a talking point for years now and maybe if maybe if sati is the one delivering the news it'll come across people won't like it but maybe he can be more straightforward in, in, in saying I don't like exclusives, so we're not doing them anymore. We'll continue to make hardware 
And if you want Game Pass, that's what the hardware, like that's the draw. I again, would worry that about that as I've made it very clear, but we need something like that. In my in my mind, I would love after the presentation, just a little chart breaking down what studios are doing, what you know, wh where are they going? But that's a little into the weeds for me. I'm looking for a business presentation almost. And I don't know if that's what the general gamer wants. Yeah, describing the it as a business update in the post, I can almost tell you that the general gamer is not going to be satisfied with whatever next week's announcement is, unless, like we were saying earlier, they're taking that week to create a gamer update to go alongside the shareholder update. So let's let's bring the chat a little bit. Ghostly March has been pretty active. They say, what do you think of the people saying that this is just Xbox being ahead of the curve and eventually all games will be everywhere. Personally, I think that's naive. Nintendo and Sony have no reason to do that. I'm going to throw it over to you, Sam. Uh, Blue Sam. What are, what are we thinking? I, <clears throat> I generally agree with the idea that it is a little naive. I think that to Xbox's credit, they are quite forward thinking in a lot of their decisions. Look at Xbox One, for example. Um, however disastrous that was at the time, a lot of their ideas are, are pretty commonplace um, now. So yes, is it possible that we could be in a exclusive agnostic future in the over the next few generations maybe? Who knows? Um, if Xbox make this move, it, it, it's why it's a big risk because it's either going to cause Nintendo and Sony to look at the additional profits that Xbox make off of this move and go, actually, we want a bit of that and then reciprocate mm -hmm. to whatever extent, not necessarily carte blanche across the board, or they're going to double down on their exclusive strategy and say, we've got all of these games and these games now and we're going to use the 30% or whatever profit we make off of each of these game sales to make additional third-party exclusive deals or whatever, and then that will completely kill Xbox. So, yeah, I, 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 do, I do think that Sony and Nintendo don't have a need or desire to do that right now. But if Xbox are making this gamble, which they seem to be, Fair play to them. Um, it's anybody's guess. Mm. I, do I do I think that Sony and Nintendo are capable of going con uh, exclusive agnostic? I think so. Um, it's it's pretty hard to imagine that anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But if this goes Xbox's way, then I don't see how profits don't win out at the end of the day. I believe. PlayStation would go exclusive, uh, no exclusives, way before Nintendo. For like, sure. At this point, I'm like, Nintendo, we got to get some games on PC anytime soon. Like, is that an option? Like, can we get Mario? Like, what's the big deal? But um, Sam, I, I want to bring in, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a thing going around about Microsoft Game Pass. I was talking to Jam Pack Sam. So Alpaca Tom writes in says conspiracy question for the show. Assuming the Game Pass demo for GameStop isn't sponsored by Microsoft, which at this point I can't confirm, is this a ploy to try to offload unsold console stock due to impending changes? This is in regards to the ad about the like yeah. the, the game day or whatever where they yeah. were talking about. Explore Microsoft Game Pass games. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think it has anything to do with offloading consoles. I do think that it was GameStop just coming up with something and it just, it feels like I want to believe that it's just GameStop coming up with something because I can't imagine any marketing person in Microsoft is thinking, you know, let's just ditch the Xbox brand name. You know, while we're at it, we're just going to totally bail on 20 years of gaming legacy and just lean into business because, you know, I don't think about like Microsoft Teams as a negative or anything, right? Yeah, no, that's super fun. People love the name Microsoft. Um, no, I, I, I do think that that was just a GameStop thing that they mm -hmm. just threw out there. And I don't really have any concerns about that. But it brings up a really interesting thought about rebranding and like what it would look like if Game Pass came to PlayStation, if that was the business announcement. You know, if we're talking about pie in the sky thoughts, um, you know, where they call it just Microsoft Game Pass instead of Xbox Game Pass, because that's what PlayStation needed to say, OK, like what what does that look like? Um, so it was more of an interesting thought experiment than anything, but I don't think it's indicative of like trying to offload console stock or anything like that. No, I, I thought that post was funny. And I said, like, this is either a typo or an awful rebrand. And what I thought was funny was down in the bottom right-hand corner is had the Xbox logo and the Microsoft logo. And I was like, okay, so clearly like they're not rebranding because why would they have Xbox still on the thing? It's like, this is a GameStop. And I think Jez Corden said as much. Um, regarding the unload consoles from, and this is unconfirmed. I did see a report today. The source was not like super credible. Um, it was, it was one of those Reddit gaming leaks and rumors things. So take this with a grain of salt. But I, I saw one of those that said that PlayStation is reduced the amount of consoles they want to make in quarter one this year. And apparently mm -hmm. Xbox is, has told them to stop making consoles in quarter one because they didn't sell over the holidays. So they have like a back stock and I don't know how true that is, like I said, but it, it made me think about like they had Series X for 350 over the holidays, right? Most places. They had Series S, they were giving them away. They were like $120. <laughs> you can walk out of the store with this. Like, we don't even care. Take it. Um, so if they didn't sell over the holidays, which I think hardware for last quarter was like up three percent, it's not great. It's up, but it's not great. If they can't get the consoles to sell during the holidays at an extremely discounted rate, maybe they do say, like, is this is another feed? This was feeding into my concerns. Like, maybe hardware isn't for us. Maybe nobody's going to buy it anyway, even when we're giving them away. Yeah. I mean, it's a difficult thing because the way that I see the hardware issue is that it's a software issue, even this far into the generation, because looking at PlayStation, like people know the name God of War, people know the name Spider-Man, people always play Madden and MLB in these games, which MLB is also on Xbox. But, you know, going back to the point about having one general gaming box, people know the games that PlayStation makes. Mm -hmm. If you come to somebody and say, hey, do you want to buy an Xbox? And they say, cool, what games are coming out in 2024? Oh, well, you got Hellblade. And they're like, oh, what's, what's that? that? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Well, did you play Starfield last year? What's that? I've never heard of that before. Well, let me tell you, Redfall is good now. And they're like, what, what is Redfall? <laughs> no one knows what these games are. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're bad games, but they don't have the recognition to drive new net new hardware sales. That's the problem. And so hopefully games like Indiana Jones will do that. But even then, you can't compare Indiana Jones as a name to saying 
Xbox has an Indiana Jones game coming out. PlayStation has a Spider-Man game. These aren't comparable. Like the general casual player that just wants to play a video game is going to go with PlayStation every day of the week based on that face value nine times out of 10. Mm -hmm. That's the problem with turning hardware is they don't have the software to make it happen right now. It's uh, sorry, Sam. I know I'm I'm kind of dominating the conversation. Uh, I'll get you in after this, but like it's weird to hear you you say that because in my mind, the software this generation for Xbox has been so much better than last generation, like f magnitudes better. And I'm like, Xbox is in such a good place with their software right now. Like this year looks really great. I'm excited for the future. Like I've had a really good Series X generation so far, but I do think you have a good point for the general consumer where we know like 80% of series at or series or series consoles are series S like people aren't going for the more expensive machine. They're going for that cheap digital game pass supplementary console is what it seems like to me. Um, and whether they really dig the new, the new IP or not, it's not, it's not, breaking through like things used to do in the like halo when halo 2 came out you heard right. about halo when halo 3 came out everyone needed a 360 for halo 3 Correct. and starfield i think was supposed to be that and i think starfield i like starfield a lot i know you liked it a lot i know you didn't like it a lot um <laughs> but <laughs> i think that was supposed to do it and to a certain extent it did like it so increased console sales it increased subscriptions but I don't think it was the zeitgeist moment that they they wanted. I think they expected more just based off things like Skyrim. They wanted this to like blow up and everyone and their mom is like, well, I need an Xbox to play Starfield. Yeah. And before the other Sam jumps in, I do want to say like me saying these things about Redfall and Indiana Jones and Starfield and these games like this. That's not me saying they're bad games. Or oh, yeah, I yeah. think it's a bad generation. Like I've had more fun this Xbox generation than I've ever had with Xbox 360 included. Like I love mm. this generation of console and I'm loving the games I'm playing and I'm playing more games than ever. Yeah. But just looking at it, like you said, from the casual point of view, None of these games are going to convince somebody to go out and really turn that cash and buy a console. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Alpaca Tom in the chat says, it's almost like Xbox needs good exclusives to sell consoles. <laughs> who would have guessed, you know? Yeah, who would have guessed? Um, oh, we got a compliment about my beard, guys. Thank you. Over on Twitch. Very nice. Uh, all <laughs> can right. I live in it? Yeah, can I live? I, <laughs> I mean, you can try, I guess, but um okay where do i where do we want to go next with this uh we can bring ghostly march did right in with another question um regarding and we kind of touched on this briefly but i will you this is good you two, two both love physical games so this is a good question mm -hmm. to bring in with the unknown future of xbox and potentially the leaving behind of thousands of dollars worth of games and digital libraries in the future should this act as a warning slash demonstrate the importance of physical games and media i'm not gonna lie it has me reconsidering my stance going forward i'll throw this over to no limit sam first mm. Well, as you as you aptly said, I am a, a champion of physical media. Um, is is it disconcerting? I mean, I don't think it's any more or less disconcerting than it has been for the past couple of years as we've trended more digital as an industry. 
I don't know that this news necessarily changes that all that much. Um, like for the record, I, I do think that there will be another hardware generation of Xbox. Um, it probably will be all digital. Um, I could, in a world, see there being a detachable disk drive thing that you can purchase. Um, that being said, I I feel less confident encouraging people to continue to invest physically in Xbox um, than I would Nintendo or PlayStation right now. Um, as I say, you know, they are, they've been all about the cloud. They've been talking, it's not about having an Xbox console. They've been doing stuff with Samsung TVs. You can play Game Pass through your MetaQuest 3. You can, they'll be getting to the dongle stage soon, I would have thought. Um, so, yeah, I think Microsoft as a software company, first and foremost, rather than a hardware company, you are probably safer as long as you're comfortable with it, going as digital as possible with Microsoft. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I don't think that your digital library will be at risk ever, really, at least not for the long, long future with Xbox. I, I don't think that that is going to disappear at any point, even if the console does. I think that your digital library will be safe, um, physical. I don't know there's much that any of us can do about that, you know? I'll buy physical as long as I can, but I know that realistically it's uh, becoming more and more of a niche market. So, you know, support what you want to support. It's funny you feel more confident that digital libraries aren't going anywhere because like that was, as I said, that was my main concern. I literally, like I have banishers pre-ordered on Xbox and I'm mm. sitting here, I'm like, should I cancel this and get it on PlayStation? <laughs> like it's a, it's a genuine, like I'm not going to mainly cause I got a gift card for it, but it's a genuine, like, you know, it's a genuine concern. Like it's a, it's a yeah. concern that I have. Like, I know there's going to be a PlayStation six until mm -hmm. next week. Hopefully next week, I'm a little less confident in Xbox's hardware plans. I, people i've seen are like oh the series x like they're gonna stop supporting that's nonsense like that's they've already announced like we don't think it's the series x coming forever but um jam pack sam i'll throw it to you how are, how are we feeling about investing in xbox digitally at the current moment so i agree that there's going to be another xbox console i definitely think i would say there are probably going to be multiple generations of xboxes the question is what form do those take mm -hmm. you know I, I really do think that they're going to continue in the hardware space because even if they're all of their games go multi-platform and they bring everything everywhere still having a place you can control and say this is where you can get the xbox experience mm -hmm. um I, I think brings a lot of value as somebody who also has traditionally bought physical where I can now, if there is an ease of access element there, then sure. I'll buy digital, whatever. Um, but as somebody who buys a lot of physical Xbox games, even from this generation, I can say over the past two weeks, like I am leaning more into that digital space because how much do physical games even matter that much anymore in a world where day one patches and that kind of thing take the value of a physical disc out of the element entirely. Like with Nintendo Switch games, a lot of carts have the entire game on there and you can play it inherently. Some discs mm -hmm. have that too. But if I said, oh, I want to buy physical games, I'm going to go buy Suicide Squad this week. In 10 years when that game shut down, it's not going to matter at all. Like it's going to be gone. Now there might be an offline mode, that kind of thing. But the game itself, the full experience, you don't own that. It just lives online. And then when it's gone, it's gone. 
And so whether I spend my $70 on a piece of plastic and glass that makes me feel good, or I spend $70 on something that has the same type of value at the end of the day in the digital space, it's still me spending 70 bucks. I'm still getting the game that I want. And neither of them are really going to have that much weight whenever the servers go offline in 10, 15 years, because that's going to happen with everything. That's just the world we're living in. So I think that the realization that Xbox could go away, even conceptually. And then on top of that, thinking about things like Game Pass shifting around, like in my mind, that makes Game Pass a little bit more valuable for me. Because then if I'm thinking about buying digital games that are going to be gone eventually, mm -hmm. might as well rent them through Game Pass if I'm playing things. Uh, and I know sure. like that's coming from a physical guy. I like feeling the disc. I like having the boxes. I like looking at the shelf. But also, like, I'm not going to shove my hand in the sand and pretend it's head in the sand and pretend it's not happening because mm -hmm. that's the reality we've got. Yeah. And Xbox seems to be exiting the physical space faster than like we we know a few weeks ago we saw Walmart getting rid of their Starfield copies. Right. Like um, I've seen posts of in GameStop's back end that a bunch of uh, smaller games have now canceled their Xbox versions because I, I don't know why, but there's there's certainly physical concerns with Xbox. It doesn't seem like that's a market they want to support. I know certain like indie devs don't even publish physical games on Xbox because you have to print a certain amount of copies that they're never going to sell on Xbox. So they just don't even bother doing it. Um, Alpaca Tom in the chat says, my Funimation purchases are gone and not transferred to Crunchyroll. Legit concern. And obviously he's talking about play, uh, Sony, not PlayStation, Sony, that owns both Funimation and Crunchyroll, run it, rolling Funimation into Crunchyroll, but your digital purchases from the Funimation are now just gone, which I think sucks. Like, that's a, a horrible decision. I think people should be upset about that. Um well, the first mistake was watching anime. That's where you went down the wrong path. <laughs> Thank you. And then you. you should have known. I'm just that it, it, it legitimately sucks. I had to take my my pick, but yeah, that tune into anime cast part of save the game, <laughs> part of save the game media's podcast network, guys. You want me to guest uh, on that one by all means? Yeah, you can yeah, lose yeah. the entire audience. <laughs> uh, no, I think so. Right now, like I'm, I'm still feeling good investing digitally in PlayStation. A little less so on Xbox, but not like enough that I'm overly like I'm not going to stop doing it because like you guys said, I if I had to be realistic and get the doom and gloom out of my head and look a little more realistic and not pessimistic, I think there will be another Xbox and some way to continue playing my digital library, whether that's PC or some new thing they come out with. Like, I think my account will continue to, to exist. Um I can't see Microsoft being like, we're shutting it all down. Like that, that would be wild to me. Um, I mean, so put, put it, put it this way. Even if it's worst case scenario, DEFCON one, everything is multi-platform and Xbox hardware is going away. Microsoft then becomes the strongest third party publisher in the industry. And they're still going to want an in-house, as we've kind of alluded to, they're going to want an in-house way for you to play those games. They're going to make everyone sign up for Xbox accounts. And then when you boot, up the, you boot up the game on PlayStation, you got to sign into Xbox. There you go. And then your 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 profile will transfer over. I, I have no doubt about that. And therefore, you'll still be able to access your full digital library. I think that that is realistically with the, the acquisitions that they've made and the commitment that they've seemingly potentially going to make to being third more third party 
I think that that only solidifies the idea of your digital library as an Xbox player, regardless of what decision they make in terms of hardware, that it's going to stick around. Yeah. No, I I do. Well, listen, if they went fully, if they do go fully third party, obviously, like they they should realistically make enough money that like Precisely. we don't have to worry about is Game Pass sustainable anymore? Like, exactly. is Xbox going to fail? Like, we saw their fight. I know we didn't talk about it because I was sick last week, but their financials, like Activision Blizzard boosted their financials like 40% across the board, right? Which is what they were projected to do. So it's, they're making more money. Mm-hmm. Yep. If they're able to support the Xbox platform at the money they're making now, then having more revenue, it doesn't make exactly. sense to cut the platform itself. Especially when they buy another publisher. Don't, don't, oh, yeah. don't speak then, that into existence. And then they can lay off more of that staff. Jeez. It's been a rot. That, that's been a, we haven't even talked about that story. I don't know if we're covering that on this week, but it has been something to see the FTC come back in for season four of this drama that we're living. Um, but before we move off of the, the mm-hmm. stuff, I do want to reiterate something I heard on Kind of Funny that really resonated with me this week is that the idea of timed exclusive day one exclusive whatever it looks like or excuse me timed exclusive or just day one everywhere like if you're spending 70 bucks for 10 games a year that are all coming from xbox anyway i still think there's that value proposition that can still win out with that having that box and microsoft knows that and i think that reinforces the idea of keeping the box around for at least another generation to test and learn and see what happens i think that might be what they're betting on if they do go fully multi-platform if it's like a experimental phase like we were talking about where certain games are going like activision blizzard or whatever um then i think it's more just we need more additional revenue and hopefully this is enough to sustain xbox but we'll see what happens um one one question before we get into uh the the listener questions um and we can touch on the fgc thing if you guys want i didn't have it in the show notes but we can briefly talk about it um if you had to bet is Phil Spencer here in a year? Jam pack Sam. It's tough to say. I've been thinking about it a little bit this week. And I mean, looking at even on the flip side with Jim Ryan, we went through the FTC trial. We fought back and forth over this thing. Phil Spencer guided the end of the worst era of Xbox, which by the way, if, if Xbox didn't end during the Xbox one, it sure as hell isn't ending now. Um, but <laughs> you know, you guided through the end of the Xbox one. You had this redemption arc with game pass and the Xbox series X and S you successfully closed ABK. What a legacy to like leave on right there. And if I was in his shoes, I know he loves gaming. I know he loves the gaming community across the board and being a part of that. But like, I'd be tired, you know, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't blame the guy for leaving after all of this. I do not think that it's it's him leaving in a I'm done throwing in the towel. I give up kind of thing unless there is this internal schism like we've been talking about where he's getting fed up with Microsoft leadership, which I don't think is the case. Um, But I wouldn't be shocked to see him gone in a year. I think at that point, Sarah Bond just fills that void and she's as close to a Phil Spencer as I think we've had in terms Mm -hmm. of the way that the mindset is uh, and in terms of the approach that she has with the games and the platform and that kind of thing from what we've heard her say. Um, Other leadership coming in. Who? that sounds kind of iffy. I don't know a whole lot of other people that well. So like that's that's what kind of concerns me a little bit. But yeah, I could see him being gone. Yeah, yeah, I I would echo those sentiments. Uh, Sarah, also a big fan of Sega. Just you know, just let to throw out there. Mm. Bad omens, <laughs> bad omens this week. Uh, Sam, 
How, what, what would you think? Um, who 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 would have thrown it out? You know, who would have guessed the PlayStation guy potentially being a bit more pessimistic? I I don't see a world where Phil is still around in a year. Um, wow. I think you know, again, on a slightly more pessimistic side, um, Xbox have, have taken quite a few bad PR blows in the past couple of years. Um, there's been some loss of faith in the community. And I like I know you just said, um, Sam, that you don't necessarily align with the idea that maybe there's some infighting that, between Microsoft and Xbox. I am of the mind that there is. Because like the way I see it is that 2024, as we've alluded to, is set up to be a, quite a strong year for Xbox, whether it's now exclusives or not. But first party output is is looking pretty strong, the strongest it's looked in, in quite some time. Um, the the way I think that they're probably reading it, because I'm like from everything that Phil has said, I don't think he's eager to potentially go third party multi platform. Mm -hmm. That that's not the vibe I get. So I think that he we're talking about wait till next year. We're talking about the dominoes being set up right. And this, this is the year where it's going to happen. Hellblade coming in a couple of months. And it's like, just as we get there, there's now this. We have the developer direct last year. Um, Hi-Fi Rush comes out, critical success. Then Redfall happens. Phil has to take that on the chin, bear the brunt of the criticism. Everyone's saying, fire Phil. He's like, oh, I'm overpaid for my job anyway, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, remember that quote, but <laughs> he, he did. He, he said on the kind of funny interview, he said, I, I, I remember him saying, that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, developer direct this year, very strong developer direct. And then this news happens. I, I think he, they're on the cusp, ideally, of really turning a corner, not necessarily completely shifting the console space or anything in terms of sales, but just public perception of Xbox as a brand um, and what they are capable of putting out, you know, Hellblade looking particularly uh, stellar. I, I think that even if there's only a slight portion of this multi-platform third-party thing that's true, I think, like you said, Sam, Phil has an incredible legacy of, of realistically saving Xbox from, being, from going extinct uh, around the Xbox One generation. I think he he would want out because I don't think that this this is his vision. Um, I think that he he has been saying a lot of play anywhere and we want our games to be everywhere, but realistically, he's been quite gun shy about um, you know fighting back against Tim Stewart and Satya's comments about consoles and uh, what we thought of as previous competitors. He's he's been trying to retort those comments and then that alludes to me that there's some dissent of some form. Um, and whether it's him leaving because he feels like he's kind of been outvoted or, God forbid, Satya kind of ousts him, not that we'd ever necessarily know either way, I, I feel like now is probably the best time for Phil to go, whichever scenario plays out, um, and Sarah to sort of ascend up. I also, it's not part of the question, I also don't think that Matt Booty is going to be around for much longer either, personally. Well, I think we all are wondering how he's still there, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I mean, you said it, not me, but yeah. I mean, I've, said, 
I've said it before. That was the name yeah. that came to mind of like, if it's not Sarah Bond, it's me. Oh God. Yeah. Well, to go back to the infighting thing, I think that the way that I see it is my question is, is it miscommunication and a lack of alignment or is it actual infighting? Because That's like the Tim, the Tim Stewart comments where like that directly contradict the strategy that came out a couple of weeks ago. It's like, was that just some, he didn't read an email? Was that like a misunderstanding mm -hmm. of the way that he wanted to be presented on that show? Like those kind of things versus like, you know, Satya and Tim Stewart, like, ah, Phil's got to go. Like, you know, yeah. that, that kind of thing, which yeah. again, could be the case. I also think that now we're dealing with a company that's so big, it's almost impossible to move it in one direction at the same time where everybody's got slightly different angles on things. And if everybody's not aligned, which is more difficult when you've got such a big group of execs and leaders, you're like, ah, I don't even know. How do you maneuver that from a PR perspective? It just seems impossible to me. Yeah. yeah. And I think you, I don't know about Microsoft and Xbox fighting, as I said, like it, it could be viewed that way. I think Bethesda and Xbox might have some other. I think Pete Hines, the more yeah. I think about Pete Hines' email, where he was like kind of mad, like, why is ABK allowed to be multi plat, but mm. we're, we're not? And you don't want to give Todd that. Like, it, it, at the time, I, I didn't think much of it. I was like, okay, he's a little ticked off from like a marketing perspective. And now I'm like, Pretty was bad. he ticked? Was he just ticked off and like, screw this? I got my money. I'm leaving. Like, I don't like anything that's going on back here. Like, these are things we're never going to know unless there's a tell-all in, in years of, down the line. But um, with that note, welcome Jim Ryan, new uh, new head of Xbox. Yeah, what a coup! In a year, okay. Um, all right, guys. Do Sam? I know you brought it up you. The FTC is still fighting to undo <laughs> the ABK deal, and they're really they're really. You know, they're trying hard. I don't think anything's really working. I know um, Xbox laid off a bunch of people. As we discussed on our last episode, 1,900 people were laid off. Um, that seemingly continued this week, or, or it was part of the original ones. But Toys for Bob, I know, was a big talking point this week where they there was some misinformation about the studio being closed down. The headline is technically correct their physical studio the office is closed down toys for bob still very much exists just in a smaller space i think they're getting pushed in with sledgehammer or something i i, I read something like they're both relocating to a smaller space i don't know if it's the same space mm -hmm. but uh, i see the ftc now trying to use these layoffs to undo it saying like we they were promised that they were going to act independently. And now Xbox is not letting them do that. And they're firing everyone. So undo this deal. Is it I mean, I'm missing. Uh, no, I was just going back to look at the Polygon article. But the accusation here is that going into the merger, Microsoft portrayed it in a way that Activision would still be able to function as its own entity if it was undone. And so the FTC is alleging that now because these layoffs have occurred, then the staff that was there previously makes this a company that would be inoperable if they were to have to divest once again and get out of the ABK business. Mm. And so Microsoft's response is they were going to lay off mo most of those people anyway, effectively. Uh -huh. And we, uh, it still can function independently is pretty much Microsoft's response to it. And so I think that the FTC will continue fighting this as they do with every big merger acquisition. We just happen to pay attention to this one more because it is in a space that we all listen to and cover and are attentive to. Um, 
it's done, you know, yeah. like it has been approved. These companies are merged. Something of this Titanic size is not just going to be undone. Uh, and the FTC, as much as they want it, the case has been closed and I just don't see it happening where they have to undo all of this. And that my friends would be where we could really talk about the end of Xbox because that would throw a wrench in everything. No, no could you imagine 2024? They, they come out next week. They're like, we're going multi-platform. And then the FTC's like gets ruled in their favor. And they're like, now you're going to undo everything. And they're like, we're going to have another business update guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't know what we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> Just fill tweets. We are weeping and crying and we have a business <laughs> update coming next week. We hear you. We're crying. It's hard and to I'm read. retiring <laughs> because I can't do this anymore. It's hard to read the tweets through the tears. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I very much think that the, I, and from what I've seen from like Hogue Law and other, other people in the, the lawyer space, they think the FTC is kind of stretching here. Yeah. So, uh, Toys for Rob, make a banjo game with your remaining 40 staff. That's all I got to say. Don't, don't huff the copium, Kevin. Don't do it. I got to believe. You got to believe. Uh, Crash Team Rumble seems to be coming to an end. Oh, is Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? They fired all the staff, man. <laughs> who's going who's gonna to do the season updates? They fired everyone. <laughs> who's playing the season updates, you know? I don't know that either. I am, I got the thousand gamers going bounced off. But if you, if you of all people isn't playing the season updates for Crash Team Rumble, I don't know who is. They added Spyro the Dragon. I know that. I saw that. I thought about going back. It had there was a thought. Yeah. I didn't do it, but I thought about it. <laughs> all right, um, guys, why don't we wrap this show up with one listener question, and then we'll get on out of here. So Silcanit, who was in the chat earlier, I don't know if you're still here, but thanks for writing in, says, hey guys, to get out of the discourse, let's concentrate a bit more on the games. Steam Next Fest reminded me that nothing sells a game like the game itself. Do you think Xbox should have an event like that, or maybe just more demos for their first party games? Yeah, I think they have that demo fest thing, don't they? I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's like around summer games. They have an indie fest thing or something where there's like 30 yeah. indies that come to the Yeah, platform. the ID at Xbox demo fest is what they have. <laughs> it's literally called a demo fest, okay? Yeah. So, I but um in my opinion to answer the question, they have an event like that which is neat. Would love to see demos for first party games as they come out. And I can't remember if they did, did it or not, but like a Starfield or a Avowed would really benefit from a free trial of some kind or a demo two weeks before it comes out to say, hey, here's what you can expect from this game for people that don't have Game Pass. I think it would be really nice to see. Sam? Yeah, it, it, it's a tough one, really, isn't it? Because some would argue that Game Pass in and of itself is a way of demo. I was about games. to make that argument, yeah. Um, but obviously that's not like a free demo. I do think that what Sam said about having like a, a free trial in a similar sense, technically it's still paywall buying PS plus, but you, you are seeing a lot of demos nowadays on PlayStation for first party and the, mm -hmm. the big third party exclusives. Um, Final Fantasy VII Re uh, Rebirth, for example. Um, you can get Spider-Man 2 as well, I think, for two hours. The Callisto um, Protocol, all the big names are there. The, the the bangers the game of the year contenders kev I, you know don't any, let anybody tell you different 
I'm with you. Um, keep talking yeah. like that. We'll keep you around as a guest. <laughs> we like that. Yeah. Callisto, hey, hey, guys, <laughs> I got it. We're going to be a Callisto Protocol podcast. Perfect. Um, yeah, no, I think that more demos is never a bad thing, regardless of what platform or what games we're talking about. I think letting people test stuff out in, in any fashion is, is always good for the consumer. Um, and just in general of like uh, them saying, letting games speak for themselves. I think that, you know, it, it could be too early to say, it could be being overly optimistic, but I think that in terms of the specific first party output from Xbox, it's looking over the next few years stronger than it really ever has um, in terms of variety and ingenuity and um, quality. So I think that if the games hit, then they will speak for themselves, whether they have a demo or not. That's the hope, right? I was gonna, I was gonna say you're only saying that because they're coming to PlayStation now. <laughs> uh, no, demos are always a good thing. More demos, yeah. more demos that carry over progress. Square Enix has gotten pretty good at this in mm. recent years, but I love just give me the first like chapter of games to play through and then let it carry over, so I don't have to redo it in the game. Like that's what I'm looking for. More demos like that. Let's keep it coming because. Believe it or not, they make me buy games. Triangle Strategy, I bought that game immediately after the demo. I gave, I love that game so much. These things work. Let's let's do it. Yeah, I agree. Kind of nostalgic too. I love a good demo. It just makes me feel like a back in the day, you know, at the at the Target kiosk with my neck at an eighty five degree <laughs> angle. Like, yeah, that's, I'd love to see that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need more of it. I think society as a whole went down once uh, the next. I agree. Started yeah, I think straight. that I think that we should uh, we should protest Target and make them raise the Switch demo kiosk TV up at least three mm -hmm. feet to where the, I have to look up. I'm it's a, final issues. The, there's there's two Switch kiosks at my Target. There's not an Xbox One. There's not a PlayStation One. There's there's a one where you can play in handheld. They have Switch Lite, regular Switch, and you can just play. And then they have a giant like 80s inch TV yep. with little cushions that you can sit on with like a group of people and play switch demos. And I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. Very cool. Still too yeah. low. Need to raise that thing up. Still too low. Yeah. <laughs> ceiling. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, that'll do it for our show this week. Thanks everyone for hanging out. If you haven't, make sure to subscribe to the channel, hit that like button. And uh, I'm going to start with our guest this week, Sam, where can everyone find you? If they want to hear more of you. Anywhere and everywhere at Sam Heaney, H E A N E Y. And uh, you can go check out No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. Also oh, yeah, part that of too. Save the yeah. Game Media. Yeah. The, the primary podcast on this network now, right? <clears throat> mm, wow. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll sort out your contract after this. All okay. right. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Jam Sam. Where can people find you, my friend? Yeah, you can find me, Jam Sam, everywhere there is content, making stuff throughout the week. And as always, right here every Thursday, talking all things Xbox or all things. Who knows what the future <laughs> has in store? We'll figure out next week. I don't know. All things. All things. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the breaking down the business event with you next week. But yeah. uh, until then, you can follow us at Save Game Media over on X and Threads. I'm getting a little more active on Threads. It's still not my first thought to go to Threads, mm -hmm. but I'm trying. All right, Get I'm trying. Uh, you can follow me at the Muffin Mon on those platforms. It's one and seven I and O and seven A. Until next week, we'll see you. Goodbye.